What's up, everyone? This is Carolina Dad, and you are listening to episode three of the Two States, One Team podcast. So, moving forward, I will make these on a weekly cadence. However, there was a lot of information that I wanted to get out there quickly, so that's why I've released three episodes on this podcast to get started. I wanted to give you all some content so that you could kind of digest and see where I'm headed, what I'm thinking about. And then we're really going to get into things, talking about the NFL draft, free agency, all that good stuff. So I'm very pumped to to get this thing rolling. So for today's episode, as we kind of round out this introductory period of episodes, I'm going to start talking about the coaching staff and the coaching staff that has been put together for our Carolina Panthers. I'm very excited about it. However, if you would have asked me if I was excited about this staff a month ago when we first started, I would have said no. I was definitely skeptical of what we were putting together. However, as things have come together on paper, I gotta say I'm very, very impressed with what Frank Wright has done, what David Tepper has done, and this just feels like a complete 180 from the Matt Rule era. So, Speaking of the Matt Rule era, as we start talking about coaching, let's just think about where we've been. So Matt Rule was the hot name, the college coach that came out of Baylor. Of course, everyone knows this, that's a Panthers fan. And it just did not pan out for him, unfortunately. I feel like coming into this season, I paid more attention to him, you know, listening to his press conferences. I feel Felt like he was going to be, you know, a better season for him. I felt like things were in place. It seemed better, but of course we know that things did not pan out. So that brought along Steve Wilkes. And as I was heading into this offseason, I was 100% in favor of hiring Wilkes. Now, not to say he was like my number one candidate, but I was okay if the Panthers came out and you know, go through the interview process and they decide that, hey, this is our guy. This is who we want to roll with. I just was very, very impressed by how he led this team. Taking over a team that, honestly, Matt Rule put in shambles. And if you think about what Steve Wilkes did as he led this team, he brought back our identity, that keep pounding identity. And so for us to go from you know, winning one game and oh gosh, I can't remember. There was a stat earlier in the year when Matt Rule was the coach where if a team scored more than 17 points, we basically lost the game. I think we won one out of what 30 some odd games. It was just terrible. And so to have Steve Wilkes come in and provide that stability, I was very impressed you know, satisfied with what I saw on the field. Now, there were some games where you think back to the the Bengals game where we were just destroyed and ran all over. We definitely had ups and downs. So there were some games where the players really got up, some games where they didn't. But anyways, heading into the offseason, as we started going through our search, 
I know Frank Wright was one of the top names that came up. And honestly, I was like, are we really going to go with this guy? I just wasn't, you know, feeling it, especially because he was fired. He was fired in Indianapolis this season, this past season. Now, he did have some success. There was a lot of success in Indianapolis. There's been a lot of success for him as a coach just, you know, through the ranks, whether it was an offensive coordinator winning the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz and everything that they had there or developing Carson Wentz. And so I didn't really know what to expect when Frank Reich's name popped up on the screen and, you know, the Panthers are hiring Frank Reich as their new coach. And I'm like, really, this is this is our guy. We were really the first one out of, you know, the teams that were searching for a coach to make a decision. And I don't know, you know, what that would look like as far as how I'd feel. But anyways, things happened. Uh, Number one, the press conference. I was very impressed with his introductory press conference. Hey, we live in a world of social media where things are presented to you. I love the fact that I am in Wilmington, North Carolina, and I can tune in to any of the press conferences directly on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, I can tune in, watch a recap of the press conferences because I obviously don't have time with the newborn and work and everything else to be able to sit around and watch these things live on demand. I'd love to, but I just don't have time. So I was actually able to go back and watch his introductory press conference and there was a lot of good that came out of there and he said a lot of the right things. The players feel comfortable with him. I know Heading into the offseason, again, a lot of the players were behind Steve Wilkes. That was the coach that, you know, everyone was rallying behind. And, of course, we saw that with him winning six games, going six and six, and really being a game-ish out of playoff contention. You know, if the Panthers beat the Bucks in Week 17, they're in the playoffs, which is hard to think. So I uh, didn't really know, again, what, I was, what we were getting into, but... As I listened to his press conference, you know, he said a lot of good things opening up there. And if you haven't had a chance, I definitely go would recommend going back and listening to it. Now, he addressed, you know, his time in Indianapolis. He addressed his philosophy and thoughts with the quarterback position, the importance of getting the quarterback position right and getting that stability. He also talked about the different style of quarterbacks that he's helped mold or work with over the years. And I think that's extremely important to have that, you know, different view. If we look back, he's had Jacoby Brissett. He honestly hasn't had that much luck. If you think about, you know, Andrew Luck retired. So he's stuck with Jacoby Brissett. And then he brings in Matt Ryan this past year. And, you know, things didn't pan out. Carson Wentz, it's, it's been kind of a bumpy road there trying to lead that team and and not a lot of stability, which is something that we as a Panthers fan base have not had at the quarterback position. Uh, But he did talk about mobile quarterbacks, you know, basically saying that mobile quarterbacks are the future, you know, i.e. Jalen Hurts, that type of, of play. I do think that's the future. I do think, you know, having a mobile quarterback that can move around is definitely important However, I think that intelligence at the quarterback position, being able to read the defense, understand the offense, and develop and have that arm strength are also you know big factors uh, leading the team. We can take a look at some of the running quarterbacks, the heavy running quarterbacks that are in our league right now, specifically Lamar Jackson, what the toll has done to him, you know, the injuries he's had over the past two seasons. He's now trying to get you know a guaranteed contract with tons of money. 
that's a that's a whole other conversation. But anyways, we saw what it did to Cam Newton. He ran, 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 got hit so many times. I mean, you just cannot take that many hits in this league and expect to survive, especially as a quarterback. If you think about a running back and the shelf life of a running back, and you've got quarterbacks trying to do the same thing, whether it's you know running for 500, 600, seven yards in a season, that's tough. Um, I'm actually reading Tom Brady's TB12 method book right now, and some of the things he's talk about talking about is his ability to take those hits, and a lot of quarterbacks right now are just not meant for that. Now, obviously, Brady was not a rushing quarterback, so the hits that he took were primarily you know sacks in the pocket and things like that, but it is interesting, but kind of dropping that little tidbit of knowledge from the head coaching position with Frank Wright just saying, you know, he understands where the league is headed, where it is, and part of it's that's just what's happening in the college ranks right now. That's what's being produced. You look at the top quarterback prospects again, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Then we've got on down a little bit, Will Levis. You've heard me talk about Anthony Richardson. Again, I'm not a big fan of Anthony Richardson. I think, I think overall, yes, down the road he could develop, but it's not something I'd want for us to test out. But it's interesting as it kind of puts a light and – Let's us know where our coaching staff is, what their thoughts are, and something I'm going to consider as I build out some mock drafts here in the coming weeks and put those out for y'all. But anyways, uh, Frank Wright, I am very impressed with who is on our staff. And so we've actually just completed the staff. So if you haven't had a chance to look, we just brought in our tight ends coach. So now we are ready to roll. We've got everyone on staff. So Now we're in a mode to start analyzing and figuring out next steps and all those big moves that have to happen. But what I was just blown away by when we start talking about the staff that's been put together, on paper, it is one of the best staffs in the NFL, just above and beyond. I mean, thinking about head coach, of course, Frank Wright, the playing experience that we have on this team So adding up, and I'm going to go through some of the the coaches if you haven't had a chance to, you know, see our full roster that's in place. But from a playing perspective, as far as coaches on our team that have played in the NFL, right now we have 75 years of experience. Of course, that's important, you know, being, you know, having that I've been here, I've played, this is how it worked. I like that, being able to bring that to the table. But then we look at coaching experience. Coaching experience, obviously, is very important. Having people that have been here, done that, succeeded, that know how to mold the players, how to lead the team, bring about that keep pounding mentality that we love here in the Carolinas. The coaching experience is just off the charts. So adding up the total coaching experience for NFL, we have 196 years. I mean, that is insane to me, the level of... uh, tenure that's there and some of the the big names Jim Caldwell of course he's coming on as a senior assistant 18 years of experience for the past few years Jim Caldwell has honestly been touted as a head coach you know or a potential head coaching candidate out there and I know he's gone through interviews but now we know that he's satisfied with where he is he doesn't plan on moving or or leaving for another head coaching position he's going to be content here hey I don't blame you either um, Deuce Staley, running back coach, 12 years of experience. 
Um, our offensive coordinator, which I skipped over, only has three years of experience, but I feel really good about what he's going to bring to the table, and that's Thomas Brown. Uh, Josh McGowan is our quarterback's coach. He doesn't have coaching ex- experience, but he has 16 years of playing experience, so excited there. Sean Frazier, or excuse me, I read that wrong. I was <laughs> misnaming. Our passing game coordinator is Parks Frazier with three years of coaching experience. Sean Jefferson, receivers coach, 17 years of experience. Offensive line, this was really important for us to, to be able to bring back James Kentman. I know he was a big part of the team last year uh, and our success on the offensive line and getting that stable, which I'm very excited about, 19 years of coaching experience. Ejero Vero is our defensive coordinator, and he has 15 years of experience. Of course, if you have not seen this press conference, I recommend going out and checking out Dom Capers. Hey, we love you, Dom. Glad you are back. He brings 35 years of experience. However, I think you'll get a kick out of his hairstyle, and uh, he, he's trying to stay young. You'll see young at heart for sure with, with the look that he's rocking there. Um, but defensive line... Todd Wash or Todd Wash, excuse me, 16 years. And then kind of going down from there, I think the next big name is Chris Tabor with 15 years of coaching experience. I'm very, very excited that we got to keep Chris Tabor. He was a big part of our success on special teams last year. Coming into the season, of course, we had Zane Gonzalez uh, and Johnny Hecker, our punter, our Pro Bowl punter, punted for the Rams. I think having him on the roster just Obviously, we didn't win enough games, but from a special teams perspective, just having that in place was insane. But uh, having Zane Gonzalez get hurt and then bringing in Eddie Pinheiro and seeing the success that he had, it's very early. You know, we're going to be talking about quarterback competitions, but we're going to have a kicking competition here in the Carolinas. And I'm excited to see where this goes. I feel like both guys, hopefully Zane is fully recovered and healthy and able to, you know, bring everything to the table so we have a you know a good competition there, but we'll see. Very excited about that. But our special teams being able to retain Chris Tabor. Typically, you see when you see a coach that's fired or leaves, which you know Wilkes was the interim head coach after Rule left. We saw a lot of Matt Rule's staff fired by Wilkes. I was very again not to harp on how impressed I was by by Wilkes, but seeing guys getting fired and having next you know these these other coaches step up and or coaches leaving to go to Nebraska in the middle of the season to help Matt Rule and just what Wilkes was able to do. But one of those pieces was Chris Tabor. And typically, if a coach, again, is fired or leaves in the season, you usually see that entire coaching staff cleared out. And I don't know if it's David Tepper that you know talked them into this or, or how we got, got here, but being able to retain Chris Tabor is very important for that stability. Again, just because the players already are going to know his setup and his schemes from a special teams perspective, I think it's going to make it a little bit easier as we start focusing on a new offense. What is that offense going to look like? Focusing on a brand new defense as we move to a 3-4, that's obviously going to be a big, big change there. Speaking of the 3-4, if you have not heard that, that's what we're moving to. And that's another thing that as you listen to some of these press conferences, we're starting to get bits and pieces of information of what this team is going to look like next year. There's going to have there's going to be a lot of implications on the players on our roster and moving positions. It's I am excited about it though. Of course, we're going to have to beef up. I think a lot um, at the linebacker position as we move to that 
uh, 3-4 look instead of the 4-3 look, but much more to come there. Overall, though, I'm very excited about the staff. As I said, it's funny. I was reading an article on the Panthers website talking about the staff, and if you honestly look at this on paper, it's, it's hard to imagine that we were able to put this together. But one of the reasons, the reason we were able to put this together, Frank Wright talks about it and, you know, actually calls it out in an article that says there is no salary cap on coaching. And so when you're putting together your coaching staff, you don't have a salary cap the same way that you do for your players. Of course, your players, and we'll talk about the salary cap. I know there's already some Uh, adjustments being made from our side to make room on the salary cap right now. So hopefully we can get a few free agents, tight end, not to to get too lost in here. But anyways, when you don't have a salary cap for the coaching staff, you truly can go out and spend. And if we think about Tepper's experience as an owner, not discussing the Rock Hill situation, at least not today, but man, I would have loved for that thing to happen think it would have been great. I hope we somehow figure out a way to make this happen. But anyways, when you don't have those restrictions and you are able to pay, that makes a big difference. There were discussions and talks that the coaching or some of the coaches that we were able to actually obtain in this process came to us because of the money. Now, I've not seen everyone's contract. I don't know the breakdown of those and what that means. But being able to lure those in, I think Tepper this time, this time around did a, again, complete 180 of where we were with Matt Rule instead of the big, splashy, trendy name, flashy. We went with consistency. We went with people who have been here, people who have won, again, 10 Super Bowls across this entire staff, people who know how to make it happen. And you're going to hear about running through brick walls. You're going to hear about the keep pounding method. We know that those things went away under Matt Rule, and fortunately, Steve Wilkes brought them back, but those are pillar foundations to who we are and what we are about here in the Carolinas when we talk about football. But anyways, I was just blown away to hear that and to think that, you know, David Tepper is actually getting this right this time around. You know, Frank Wright, if you read the article where he talks about searching out for his coaching staff and what that looked like, he spent hours and hours and hours Typically, you have you know your list of candidates that you want to bring in, or you have a small list, whether you've worked with someone before, or uh, maybe they're the, the trendy name out there, but they went through countless interviews, multiple people, and multiple uh, key uh, needs that are out there for the team, and I'm just like, okay, man, this is so different, and I feel so confident in what we're bringing. Of course, we're going to want this to translate over to the field. When you start talking about all this experience and you talk about the coaching staff that's in place, the next thing you're going to talk about is winning and winning football games now. It is very clear that David Tepper does not want to lose. We know the fan base doesn't want to lose. We want Bank of America Stadium to have Panthers fans in it, not the opposing team. David Tepper wants to sell that place out and have it packed every single Sunday and or Thursday or Monday don't know that the Panthers are going to get any primetime games next year outside of their required Thursday game. But anyways, he wants that there. And so I think putting all these things in place, I do think there's pressure to win and to win now. But I do think it's kind of a relaxed pressure. 
specifically because there are some things that are going to have to happen for this coaching staff. Number one, their next move now. They've got this team put together, or coaching staff put together. Now it's figuring out who is the quarterback, going out and scouting, determining who if they want to draft, if they want to make a move, they, do they want to move up and down in the draft to get their guy. I think Frank Wright knows that he has to get his guy at quarterback to be able to mold him. Bringing in someone, you know, through the draft again, I think does bide him a little bit of time to, you know, figure out what we want to do. But at the same time, as I highlighted, this division is wide open. There's no Tom Brady. We don't know what the Saints are doing. Maybe they do bring in Derek Carr. I think that would make them competitive. We don't know what the Falcons are doing. All kinds of rumors that they could get Lamar. But as it stands today with what's on paper right now, this division is wide open, and I think it's going to remain wide open unless – I don't care who comes in. I think this division is here for the taking and for the Panthers to take it. Again, seeing what was out there last year with that solid defense, the thing that impresses me about Frank Wright is his understanding of what it takes to win the games and an understanding that the ground game, the run game, is extremely important. Being able to run the ball – control the clock, foundational pieces. And so we have seen in, you know, when he is at his time in Indy, the success that they've had at the running back position. Of course, as we talk about what's next, that's going to be another thing that we're going to have to address or the team's going to have to address. Now, when we start talking about these player moves and acquisitions or signings, uh, one of the things Frank Wright talked about is working closely with Fritter. However, you know, He's going to let Fritter do his thing. And he said there may be situations where they don't agree on certain things, whether it's a decision on signing this guy or keeping this guy. But it's going to be a collaborative approach, which is something I like. I like having uh, Frank Wright make the decisions on the 53-man roster, you know, who's starting, who's not playing, and Fritter working to get the guys in here that we need to compete. And especially when we're going through changes in a brand-new offense – We don't know what the offense is going to look like right now. Of course, a brand new defense. So I love that. I love everything I've heard. I've only made it through the first press conference. So I'm going to be working here again, just at a newborn, y'all, if you don't know. So I am doing this in between working and everything else. Um, And so I'm going to start going back through the other press conferences, you know, with the, the offensive coordinator position. There's a lot of things out there. And just giving my inputs And also putting together, of course, the draft analysis. I think outside of what we have in place today, next big thing on the bucket or or on the docket for the team is figuring out what are we going to do with the tight end position. I mean, I think for us to take that next step with whoever we bring in at quarterback, we've got to get a better tight end than what we have on the roster today. So whether that's through free agency, there are some names floating around out there that are going to be free agents or getting someone in the draft. I mean, we have seen the importance of having a good tight end and what that does for winning and winning big games. Um, Specifically, you think about Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey connection, Brady and Gronk, what that has looked like. Even taking a step back to our Carolina Panthers days here when we had Cam Newton and Greg Olson. Greg Olson isn't coming out of retirement. He's running things in the booth. So we've got to find who is our next guy. We haven't had an identity at tight end since Greg Olson has left. But there's decisions there. We're also going to have decisions to be made around 
the franchise tag, of course, we're working in that mode right now to figure out who's going to get the tag. We really have to bring back Bozeman, in my opinion. Lots to figure out there. Anyways, that is all I got for today, y'all. I'm I'm super excited, as I've said multiple times through this episode, about the staff and what we have in place. I hope you are. Let me know your thoughts. You know, are you looking forward to this staff? Are you impressed by what we put together? Are you waiting to see what's going to happen? Are we going to actually make this thing work? But anyways, moving forward, I am going to shift to a weekly update now that we have three episodes out here. So we'll move to a weekly cadence and... I think next thing, I haven't decided, but probably start talking about the draft. We're, we're in that mode now as we move into March. Anyways, I hope y'all have a great day. This is Carolina Dad. See y'all later.